Hi, I'm Gabby Guzman, and you're listening to Figuring It Out. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Figuring It Out, the podcast for millennial women starting online businesses, blogs, and podcasts they love. I'm Melissa Guller, founder of The Kindling. And each week I interview another great woman to learn more about her story, her challenges, and her best actionable tips to help you find your spark. Welcome to the show, everyone. This week, I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Gabby Guzman. Gabby is a creative activist in Miami. She's deeply committed to building community, and her favorite thing in the world is being a mama to her son. Gabby helps women tell their stories and grow their tribes through impactful and soulful experiences. So Gabby, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So to kick things off, I'd love to know, how did you first get started and think of your idea on this entrepreneurial journey? Oh my God. So entrepreneurship sort of happened to me. I moved to Miami after having been in New York for many years, and I had started working at advertising agencies. I was at a place where it was amazing until it wasn't. And then I actually took a job in a hurry. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I kind of really wanted to leave a bad situation. And I had like, I made a very quick decision and I went into a worse situation. And I was at a job for nine and a half days. And it was like probably the scariest moment of my life. Because I remember at the end of those nine and a half days, I was like, oh my God, my professional reputation is all I have. Like, what am I doing? I need to get out of here. But that place was so incredibly not aligned with kind of who I am and what I'm about. And I just said, like, that's it. Like, this is a really entrepreneurial town. I'm going to find my way. I know that I'm great at what I do. I'm just going to figure it out. And I left. From that moment on, I, I like intuitively knew I was never going to have another job again, that I was just going to do this on my own. What did you do first when you left? So when I left, I actually became an agency because that's all I knew how to be. So I was helping sort of mid-sized companies with their branding and their social media. And I did that for about a year immediately after before I decided to take a different route. And what was that different route? After that first year in business, I realized that I didn't love being an agency by myself. And that whole year, I had been going to all of these women entrepreneur networking events. And everybody was like, oh my God, you work with branding and social media. I need your help. And so I was meeting these incredible women all the time and just meeting them up with them for coffee and sort of walking them through things. And I realized by the end of that year that that was actually what I had enjoyed the most out of the whole year doing. And I decided to completely pivot my business and focus on workshops and coaching with women entrepreneurs from then on. I think that's so powerful because not only were you noticing what people were coming to you for and asking about, but as you mentioned, you also started noticing that that was where you found joy in helping others. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what is your business today? What does it look like? Can you tell us more? Today... It's interesting how this business has evolved. And I think like one of the things that's important to note is that I've just felt really fortunate because my business has evolved along with me as my passions have evolved and as I have evolved as a person. So today my business is a lot more about 
Yes, it's still about how to tell your story effectively and build community, but it's also about how you tap into your sacred feminine energy and how you lead from that place and make decisions for your business from your intuition. And I have found really that the two sort of magic factors that need to be present in order for me to be okay with my business. And it's what I teach. Number one is to be connected with your spirituality. So to be connected with your intuition and your sacred feminine and that, that power. And number two is community. And so as long as those two factors are present, I started bringing them into everything I do. And so today my business looks like, you know, I do masterminds, which happen online and offline. I have a community called Las Comadres. So it's a women entrepreneur membership community. And then I do kind of one-on-one strategy sessions with people as needed. So it's dwindled down to those three things. And and I really kind of feel like I'm playing in my element and also sharing, sharing and building community around things that are really impactful to help women grow not only their businesses, but their, you know, grow personally in their lives. Love it. So I, I have quite a few questions, but my first one is, did you have all of these different offerings, the mastermind, the community at once, or how did you come into the different ways that you help women? It was a total evolution. Like my business a year ago looked completely different than it looks today. So there was a lot of just witnessing and learning and trying and also knowing when to let go of things. Like a really great example is, you know, early on, I started doing these one-on-one strategy sessions with women and they were really impactful. You know, but it was kind of an investment and not everybody could jump in on kind of a one-on-one, several hour long experience. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? What if we just make it, what if I did the same thing, but with six women entrepreneurs? What if we just made it kind of like an, like an intimate experience where we're kind of walking through the same content, but it's more accessible. And so I started hosting that one day session every month. And I did that for a couple of years. And interestingly, this summer, I realized that all of a sudden that experience felt like old me. I mean, I had been teaching it in new ways, but it was still this, the old content. And it just sort of like very naturally just fell off. And it was just kind of a realization like, okay, it's time for new things. So I think there's been a lot of sort of experiencing, enjoying, diving in, and then sort of stepping back and witnessing and just being ready and willing to let things go when when it's time. I think it's refreshing to hear you talk about this evolution because at least for me, it's easy to look at businesses and assume they've always been how they are today. But I think almost every business does exactly what you're describing or every successful business where they're willing to adapt to their own interests, what their customers are interested in, what feels right to them. But it's hard to see that from the outside. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is why I'm so values-driven. This is definitely something from the branding days that that just remains and it's a part of who I am. Because I'm always like, as long as you're aligned with your values, anything is game. And you get to run your business. This is the beauty of, of running our own businesses is we don't have to ask anybody for permission and we don't have to get anybody's consent. We just go for it. I am living proof. And I have seen it time and time again with people that I admire and the women that I coach is that you can continue to reinvent yourself and you can continue to try new things. And as long as you're showing up with integrity and aligned to your values, people are going to follow and they're going to be interested. And if there's a few people that drop off in that process, then that's perfectly fine too. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't go for what you know is right. Yeah. That's a great point about not being afraid to turn people away because if you're just acting in a way that feels aligned with 
what feels good for you, then maybe those people weren't necessarily the right fit anyway. Yes, exactly. Trying to please everyone, I feel like it never works out. Yes, 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 yes. No, it takes a long time for us to realize that. But once we do, it's completely liberating. Mm -hmm. So as you were you know, even working with one-on-one clients or then finding people for your groups, how do you find customers? So Instagram has been lovely for me. <laughs> I kind of live there and, and it's been really great because I, I just made a decision. I think it was like January, 2016, that I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show up as who I am on Instagram. I just made that call. I'm going to stop trying to sound like I think I should sound or like, you know, an entrepreneur that has it together sounds. And I'm just going to be really vulnerable about sharing my experiences, my struggles, my successes the kinds of conversations I want to have. And I feel like that's something that I've done there for a long time. I actually was also hosting a lot of free workshops around town. And I feel like that was a really big experience so that I could just meet people face-to-face and and see the reactions of this content with just something that you can't really, you can sort of do it online, but not to the same extent. And so I think like really deciding to show up as who I am online and having those experiences with free workshops that I was doing just to really become part of the community and and share what I had to, to share. Those two things really were pivotal in sort of building the community that I have today. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned both an online and an offline option, because I think so much marketing advice these days is about social media, email lists, lots of online interaction. But in person, it's so different the way that you can show yourself, your personality, your expertise. And like you said, you get the reaction in a way that with the internet, you really can't tell how other people are reacting to what you do. Exactly. Yeah. I love the workshop approach. I think having, like you said, the free workshop is such a smart idea and probably easier to do than most people realize. Like, where did you host these free workshops? How did you find the means to do that? It's funny. I I got really lucky because I connected with these people that were hosting these community events in this new neighborhood in Miami. And they had a huge mailing list. And they were very interested in sort of building up this neighborhood in Miami as this big hub for arts and community and culture. And they had those elements covered, but they wanted some learning components too. And so, you know, they would bring me in and all of a sudden I was speaking in front of like 150 people about branding and about telling an authentic story. And so it was a really beautiful collaboration but one of the things that I always work with my own mastermind clients is that the reality is, is that you don't need it to be that big. And oftentimes part of what we're doing with these workshops is just becoming more confident, even with ourselves, that we can teach this kind of content, that, that we are knowledgeable and that we have something valuable to share. It's funny because I just had one client yesterday share with us how she got together. She was like, I live too far. And then one other masterminder was like, host it at my house. And then, you know, at our house, they hosted and it was six women. And this woman is a shaman and she's just coming into accepting, like saying that out loud. And she hosted this beautiful workshop and building a sacred arrow that holds your intentions. And six incredible women showed up and then she had a really impactful and amazing experience. So it doesn't have to be this sort of big involved thing. I feel like sometimes like just like get some wine and some cheese hosted in your living room and like invite people over, you know, and just kind of start somewhere. I love that. Two things that you said that I think are really important are first, that people are more qualified to do these kinds of workshops than they think. You don't have to be certified number one at this. Like you just have to be, I always say one step ahead of the person you're trying to serve. But I think it's really empowering to hear that because it's 
daunting to think, who am I to stand up in front of this group? Yes. I think one other thing that's key here is that is realizing, and this has been one like such a beautiful realization I had it about how there are people that are going to want to learn this from you specifically. Like, even if you are sharing the same thing that like 20 other people are sharing, people are going to gravitate to your vibe, to your style, to just like the way that you show up and trusting that and being confident in that and knowing that you're going to be the leader for that community. That is more important even the things that are going to come out of your mouth. And so, you know, like not to stress the content and to trust that you have something valuable to share and that people are going to be drawn to it. Yes. So important. I think in today's, it feels crowded at times. If you look online and see, oh, there are tons of people already doing the type of coaching that I want to do or having the type of website or services that I want to do. But I think like you're saying, people aren't just buying the skill that you have. They're buying into your personality, the way that you approach problems, the way that you communicate. Your personality is, I might argue, the biggest part of what you do. Yeah. So I think that's kind of freeing to realize that it doesn't matter if other women, men, whomever, if somebody else has the same idea, that's just a small part of it. That's just the spark of the business. But who you are and your approach is really what makes it yours. Definitely. The other thing I wanted to point out that you said about this workshop in the woman's home is that there were only six people there, but it doesn't matter the size of the crowd because the impact, it seems, from this woman, this shaman's experience was really influential upon those six women. And I want people to know you don't have to get caught up in the size of the room, whether it's an online workshop, an in-person workshop, the number of clients you're serving. If the actual impact that you have is large, I think that's what matters more than the number of people you're serving. Yeah. I mean, those six women are going to walk out of there and tell everybody they know about this incredible thing that they just experienced. And I think that that's something also that's another thing that we hear a lot in the online business world that is that can be very sort of volume-based. And there are so many people running really successful businesses and they're just running a more kind of premium experience where it's like, okay, well, if you want to be part of this, well, yeah, well, maybe it's $1,200 to be part of this mastermind experience instead of like $197 to buy an online course. And you know, how many do you need of both? And what kind of ways would you market both? And would you show up for both? It's a really cool realization about how I really live under the, the philosophy that there is no framework. Like people are making this stuff up as they go along, and you can certainly learn from other people's experiences. But at the end of the day, you have the opportunity to make it your own and make it fit the way that you want to live your life. You know, it's not this thing that has to take over, it's the other way around. Yes, I love that. And I love that you pointed out too very different price point to have a premium offering versus an online course. But there's no right or wrong. It's just what feels better for you, the marketing approach that feels better for you, the type of service or product you provide. No right or wrong. So a lot of online advice seems like it says like you have to do this. You have to do that. You don't have to do anything. If you enjoy it, go with it. Go with the gut. Okay. So I do want to talk more about your mastermind. So I feel like there's a lot that talks about starting online courses and selling online courses. There's a bit about coaching, how to be a coach. But for whatever reason, I don't feel like people talk about the value of masterminds or group programs as much. So can you tell us more about what yours looks like, the experience for the women in your mastermind? 
Sure. And I'll, I'll share the experience just to, to give you the example for the in-person one. So these masterminds, they really were impactful and really changed the course of my own business. So I decided to host some because one of the things that was happening, and again, this goes back to like the witnessing and the experiencing is that I was having these one day workshops with women, but then they were coming out of there and they were like, okay, well now what? Like now how do I do it? And so they started from that place of understanding that bringing back those elements like the spirituality and the the sisterhood and having that community and using those in order to build in strategy and accountability and how do we move each other forward where you join an experience in January and you are with five other women and everybody has their own goals that they have defined. And this is how I want to see myself in May. This is, these are the things that I want to accomplish. This is the place that I want to get to. And what are the things that I get to work on in this space and strategize? And what are the commitments that I get to sit here and make in front of all of you? And how do we hold each other accountable throughout the month so we can come back here next time and do the same thing and sort of move each other forward? I just found it incredible how I just feel like these women become sisters like 30 minutes into sitting with each other. I just think that there's something really magical that happens when you are able to be vulnerable with other women in the same room. And you realize that you see yourself in each other, that you are all going through very similar things, even if at different stages, but there's very similar experiences that are happening. We're like all, I think, afraid of the same things. We're all excited about very similar things and we get to kind of hold each other through it and one of the things that I find happens at masterminds that's so fascinating is that as you're listening to another woman going through her hot seat and her strategy definition, there's like three other women that are taking furious notes at what I'm saying to someone else because they're finding it so relevant to what they're going through as well. And so we all kind of get to benefit from the experience of one another together. Yes. I think that's so powerful that when you have other women going through something that's similar to you, you can learn so much from their experiences that will apply to you as well. But something I did want to ask is, obviously they have this foundation of something in common and this desire to hit whatever their own goal is. But as the facilitator of these mastermind, obviously a lot of that falls to you to create the experience. So what does your experience look like and how do you take them through this journey? We typically start the day with a meditation or some kind of grounding activity where we can all just drop down, be here, leave behind and outside of these doors, any problems that they have, anything that's going on at home, anything that's going to stress them or get in the way of them just being fully present in the room. So I find that that's kind of a an important piece, an element that is why I bring a lot of this into my work. Sometimes it just feels like too compartmentalized for me. And I think especially as entrepreneurs, we get to show up as our full selves when we walk into a room. We don't have to be like some company's representative and put up some mask. Like we we get to be who we are. Like what a beautiful thing that we get to be who we are in every space in our lives. And so I like to acknowledge sort of our full selves and bringing in that element of spirituality into the room. And, And there's usually some kind of question that we'll talk about where we just kind of as an introduction to the day, really connect more deeply and with whatever's going on with each other. And then we have hot seats. And hot seats are basically, we set up a timer and every woman has an opportunity to say, you know, this is what I want to focus on today. This is what I want to strategize on. And the really interesting thing is that I find that there's kind of two ways of going about that. One direction is 
I'm ready to like dive in and like get some stuff done. So here's the list of things that I want to accomplish. Like, let's strategize. Like, how do I do it? What do you think I should do? Like very action oriented. And there are other times where that same woman might come back and just be like, I'm in a fog right now. I'm doubting what I want to do. I'm doubting the direction that I want to be in. And it becomes a very different kind of conversation. It becomes a conversation about, okay, so what do you know for sure? And how do you get back to your true nature and your self-care? And how do you make space for you so that you can be still enough to listen to the answers which are already inside you? So that when you take action for your business and when you take action in your life, you can come from a place of strength and from a place of your deepest truth. And so those tend to be like the kinds of conversations that we'll have. And then we have a yummy lunch and we break at the end of the day um, after we sort of regroup with what we are ready to move forward with. So that's typically what a mastermind day looks like. And how often are you holding these for one particular group? We hold the one day workshops for the one day sort of mastermind meetings once a month. And then we have group calls and check-ins throughout the month to sort of kind of check it back in on the, on the kinds of major work that was done on the one day workshop. And then by the end of, I believe you said it was a few months long, January to May. Yeah. What are some examples of the kinds of goals that the women in your mastermind are aiming for and how do they feel by the end? Oh, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's just such a gamut, right? Like there's a woman that is in one of my masterminds and she's a singer, she's an artist. And throughout, she used the mastermind to really launch her career as a singer songwriter and stop singing other people's cover songs and like really step into her true self and her true identity and start booking shows like with her own original music. And then there's, you know, another woman who finally left her nine to five and started running a successful printing business. Everybody has like their own goals and they just walk into the space with whatever's going on for them in that moment in time. Hmm. But they still have this something in common, this like fire, this desire to have something by the end. Oh, a hundred percent. The one thing that all the women that work with me have in common is that the reason that they want to be in business is because this is part of their soul and their purpose in this planet. Like they have a fire inside them that just won't let them go. And so acknowledging that and sort of really listening and realizing that there's other women in their lives that feel the same way and coming together, like in pursuit of that. I love that. I do wonder after working with women in all kinds of capacities, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're noticing, maybe trends that they're coming up against? I think that for a lot of them, it's the feeling like they're going through it alone and the feeling disconnected. And that's a big reason why I started this community recently, because I just found that everybody was feeling alone by themselves. I was like, you realize everybody's feeling the same thing. Why don't we just all get together? But it was really like, there's just so much in that. i deeply believe that fear comes from being disconnected from source. And source is like whatever you want it to be. Like source could be God to some people. Source can be just like fire inside you that makes you know that you're on the right path. And so how do we connect back to that? And I think that a really key way of connecting back to that is just making community with each other. And I find that for women, that's even more critical than for men. There's something sacred about a women, women coming together in circle and just something really cool and magic happens when that goes down and why not use it to benefit our businesses as well. 
And so there's lots of ways to do this, not only in person, but also online. Seeking that out, making the phone calls, inviting somebody to work over at your house. Like there's so many little ways that we can just kind of stay in the pulse and keep each other moving forward. Are there any specific resources, places, ways that you could recommend to listeners if they're hoping to seek out a community of their own? It's interesting. I feel like to find the community of your own, I think just like, honestly, think about like where you would like to hang out and what's the vibe that you're getting from the women there. There's other like women entrepreneur communities in Miami and Miami can be known as like a very sort of like posh place to some people. And there are communities of women like that here. And they're, you know, in fancy hotels and it's like, what are you wearing? And people will kind of look you up and down when you walk in the door. And then I have women that like come to my events and they're like, Gabby, like every time I walk in here, like somebody greets me with a hug and I feel like I belong. And I just think, just really listen to your heart and listen to yourself and and think about the environment that's really going to uplift you and find a teacher that you really feel like this is the person I'm going to learn from. And this is the person I want to hang out with, even if it's virtually, but like ask yourself those key questions because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It has to be a space, whether it's online or in person that you feel like you want to spend some like good juicy time in and you want to like really dig in there and be part of that community. Otherwise, it'll fall under like another thing that you paid for and that you'd maybe follow through with. That's great advice too, noting the difference between even different groups in Miami, which have the same goal, still women in entrepreneurship, the overall vibe of the group, are they casual or are they formal? Is there a certain type of business? Is it a certain way that they speak to each other? There's no right or wrong, but it'll feel right when you find the right group. Exactly. And even I'd say... Maybe don't assume that the first one is the only way that it's done. So if you find a group and at first it doesn't quite feel right, try another one. See if there's a better fit for you somewhere else. Yeah. And I would say check them out online too, because I feel so many of the women that have found me through Instagram, it really feels like I want to be best friends with everybody that walks through my door. And part of the reason for that is that I decided to show up as who I am. If that is already attracting and gravitating people towards me, then a lot of the women that end up here have already that similar vibe. And then it just kind of amplifies. Yes, I love that. Well, before we do a quick little wrap up, I also wanted to ask you about your challenges since being a businesswoman is not always easy. So what would you say has been the toughest part for you about this journey? I think it's been accepting the fluidity of the journey onto itself. I've worked with other people very closely on this journey. I had an office space for a while. I was part of projects that I'm no longer a part of. And I think that that's been hard because I think at some points change has been hard, not only for me, but for the people that I was working with. So understanding that fluidity and understanding that, you know, none of this stuff has to be forever and that we can come together and be really clear about how we collaborate and for how long. And the thing that I always tell people is talk about how you're going to break up when you break up, because this is not forever while you still like each other. But understanding that that journey is just going to go, you know, in many different directions for a lot of us. And I, I happen to love that about the way that I've built my business and I want to keep it. So just coming to terms with change and accepting it and, and letting it be. I think that's so reassuring to hear that not only will your business evolve, but that you can let go of things or that things will continue to change and affect you and your audience in different ways, that it's part of the experience, not the exception to the rule. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
Well, before we go, I'm curious to hear what's next for you. What are some of your big goals for the future? Oh my God. So I just started this membership community. So I'm focusing so much of my time and energy right now, just on like giving it a lot of love and building what it will become. Um, It's called Las Comadres and it opens up every quarter. And for the moment, I'm kind of like really enjoying doing this. And another big part of who I am is I'm an activist. And so encouraging civic engagement is something that's really important to me. One of the things that I'm planning right now is doing kind of a all getting together with a bunch of other women business owners and filling out our voting ballot so we can vote in November for the midterm election. That's a lot of the things that I'm kind of spending my time and my energy on right now. Mm -hmm. So important. And I love too that you point out that you have you know, multiple things going on. They're not even necessarily related to each other, but just following different passions as different forms of work in your life. Yeah. Well, where can people connect with you or learn more before we go? So you can find me primarily on Instagram. I'm at the Gabby Guzman. That's the G-A-B-Y-G-U-Z-M-A-N and um, at GabbyGuzman.com. Perfect. And we'll include links to both in the show notes so that people can find you and hopefully feel like they're your new best friends too. Yay. (laughs) I'd love to. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week, Gabby. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You can find links to Gabby's business and her Instagram in the show notes at figuringitoutpodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Gabby Guzman as much as I did. I'm Melissa Guller and you've been listening to Figuring It Out. See you next week. Bye.